I don't know what song they play when, when the, you know, the big guy walks in. Um, but we'll just stop with that. Uh, how many of you reviewed your financial portfolio in the past two weeks? How many of you have been car shopping? You got that Lexus with the bow around it while it was snowing and a puppy was in your arm. <laughs> what? You know, after I said that in early December, I must have seen seven commercials just like that. The subliminal messages that, that we face in life. How many of you reflected on this past year? What we're going to share this morning is only what I can speak to, and that is us as the body of Christ here. What I encourage you to do is as we look and, and examine and kind of dig into and observe what God's been doing here, I give you all permission to tune out. That'll, you'll never hear that from another pulpit, okay? <laughs> but the only thing that you're allowed to tune out to is your own reflection of your own life. And what has God done in this past year in your own heart? And we're going to have some fun with this. This is going to be exciting to see what God has been doing. Are you ready? So, this is really good. We have better attendance today than we did last year. I was, I was really thinking nobody cared at all about what's happened over, around here. And, uh, but you guys showed up. And uh, let's, let's dig into this. So I have a few questions. First of all, this morning as we move forward, who are we? Who are we as a church? If you're visiting today, this might really help you understand. You're getting a, a real quick look and, and synopsis as to who is this group of people and, and why do they gather here? So if we look at this question, who are we? Let's turn to Revelation. It, it'd help if the pastor had his Bible. Let me reach back here. Let's turn to Revelation, and Revelation 3 specifically. I'm a quantitative person. I want to know that when I'm putting my effort and putting my energy, my time, my money, whatever it would be, into something, there is a result. How many of you are that way? How many of you just love throwing your money at something that doesn't produce whatsoever? You can see me afterwards. I'm not going to be producing the entire week. <laughs> Give me all you want. We want to see results, but do we measure our hearts and our spirit? At, or do we just take it for granted? Many of us are walking around in a, in a lazy, apathetic observance of Christ. And it shows. It shows that, that our engagement with God is predicated or based off of a Hillsong song or, or a great video or um, you know, a movie that we saw, right? We saw all the, the biblical trans, uh, transposition of of evil and good in, in Star Wars, The Last Jedi. A lot more evil than good. Apparently none of you went to see that movie. Okay. <laughs> I'll move on. 
Who are we? When I look at the, the idea of quantitating something and evaluating something, especially spiritually, especially looking at our church, we've spent a year looking at how God established the church in the book of Acts, and we made it halfway through. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing the other half this coming year. But there is a great passage where we can see exactly what it is that God's expectation for His people are. Have you ever received a job review where suddenly you were held accountable for things you had no idea you were supposed to be doing? That your manager was not happy with how you approached something and is, how come you never told me? You let it go for like eight months. How am I supposed to know that you wanted it done this way? Unless you communicate that. How cruel would God be if He would hold an expectation on us and never share that? The beauty is, at the very end of God's communication of His understanding, His, His love, and His principles for us, the Scriptures, He tells us what He expects of His church. There's one church out of these seven that is not admonished. Every other church is uh, praised for some, some things that they're doing well, but they're also admonished because there's things that they're not doing well. There is one church that is praised by Jesus for what they are doing without an admonishment. That's the church at Philadelphia. I want you to listen to his words to this church. And so John is receiving a vision of this and Jesus is speaking about his church in this one particular church and some of this is apocalyptic some of it is metaphorical some of it is seen as as um, uh, very real but it is a message to our church as well and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write the works of the holy one the true one who has the key of David who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. It's review time. It's review time. I think there's a fascinating part about who God is. There will be a spiritual review for us. He's paying attention. He's watching. He's listening, he's guiding, he's instructing, he's engaging. He is, John 15, abiding with us. And he says this, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. What a tremendous thing to say. You have a, a, a church that Jesus says, I understand that you're small, but you are powerful. This is easy for me to say because it's self-serving. We have a smaller church. But folks, I've been in big churches. I've been in medium-sized churches. And I will tell you that 
God's work through any group of people is just as important in His eyes no matter what size the group of people. Amen? And so whether you have this giant church in Ephesus, yeah, yeah, their review wasn't so good. It's this small church in Philadelphia that gets mad props where God says to them, I love you. Wow. Is that who we are? Is that who we are? Because that should be the standard, should it not? It shouldn't be how we mark up to other churches. It shouldn't be based off of our programs. It should be based off of how good you look or, or smell or speak or, or any of those things. And by the way, you're all brilliant. You smell great. There is one who should be satisfied. That is our desire. That is our focus, is to abide with Him. Are we abiding with Him? Would He say to us, I love you? Well, let's look. Let's look. First of all, our, our primary focus at CBC is that no matter whether it's a seminary professor or it's a pizza guy delivering something on a Wednesday night, they're going to sense something different here. They're going to sense God. That is our primary purpose at this church. That God translates to any person as He describes Himself in His truth, in His wisdom, in His provision, in His security, in His love. Amen? This is our primary focus. And so we keep that straight by staying on His Word. Not our words. Not your pastor's words, but His Word. And we do that with the invigoration of the Spirit encouraging us, lifting us up, reminding us to remember Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So as we think of this, let me, let me take a real quick review. We have a mission statement. Let's do a review. Not a, not a like a, oh, here's the mission statement in case you forget. In case you do forget, it's up on the screens every Sunday morning. It's on our website. It's in your bulletin. We really want you to know it. But I think, which is why we observe communion, I think if I were to ask any of you, we probably couldn't recite it verbatim. So let me speak it to you. Our mission as ambassadors of Jesus Christ is to shine His light by lovingly serving His church, our community, and the nations for the glory of God. Let's review that. How did we do in 2017? Did we fulfill our mission? Well, let me ask this. Have you noticed any ambassadors for Christ around here? Toss out some names. This is interactive. You get to speak. This is the part where Congress gets to yell things. <laughs> All right? Or Parliament, you know. Take your shoe, take it off, and stomp on the ground or the person next to you, whatever. No, don't do any of that. You know, if you're visiting today, you may wonder why I do that. I do that because every once in a while I see people going like this. <laughs> so I'll say something really idiotic just to wake people up and bring them back into focus. Everybody's awake now. 
Who have you seen as an ambassador of Christ? Who has been an ambassador to you? You can just shout out the name. I give you the permission to humbly mention an individual that has done that that you have seen this year. Bob you, Huffman. Bob Huffman. Fernando. Snuffy Dill Bucket. <laughs> what? Who's that? Very good. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, so we've seen ambassadors. Check. Boy, this is going to go really long. I'm only on ambassadors. And hopefully it, we're not ambassadors of Amway. We're not ambassadors of Lifeway. We're not ambassadors of anything other than whom? Jesus Christ. Christ. Jesus Christ. Are we shining his light lovingly by serving the church? Start naming some people that lovingly, I mentioned last week, Brian Gaines, giving up some of his own time, taking vacation to drive down to Los Angeles to get this bus that was donated to us. And, and spending all the time to do that. But that's very mechanical, right? On top of that, what does he do? He gives up his time to take the students of our youth group for a big beach activity. And I could go on and on and on about individuals that are serving this church lovingly. When we do this, we shine. When we do this, we shine. What about our community? How have we done this for our community this year? Or have we? Have we failed miserably in this? The what? Yes. The, the, the gathering together and, and pulling money together for the fires in the North Bay. The live nativity. The hurricanes. The substance, right. So the, the Celebrate Recovery group. Lifetime, shoeboxes, Chewbacca. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on that. So, check. What about the nations for the glory of God? Many of you might not be aware. We're going to do a better job of that this coming year, but our, our, our missions program here is focused on going out to the world and serving the world. And we have partnered with people that are all over the world that are making a difference, making a tremendous difference. This is who we are. This is who we are. This is who we are intentionally. Our vision. By the way, we have this statement, can we do it? Should we do it? Do it? We must. And we put that into effect with many things this past year. Picture a church that is relevant in heaven, earth, and hell because people of all ages, cultures, and position are transformed and unified through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that us? All right. Let's do something. Let's have some fun. If you're new to this church body in the past year, and you consider this your church, stand up. Oh yeah, now people start clapping, more people start standing. That's fantastic. <laughs> if you've been here for over 20 years faithfully serving, stand up. 
If you're ready to leave, because... No. No. Stand up and go. No. Our demographics, who are we? Well, there's a little secret within, within <laughs> pastor lore, and it's called the 200 barrier. And the 200 barrier, if you get obsessed about numbers, that is the number. Like for small churches, that is so hard to break 200. I went through our list of who is Concord Bible Church, and I pretty much eliminated everybody who's not here at least once a month, if not two times, three times out of six weeks. We have 163 adults here at CBC. Here is something that's even more exciting. We have 50 children at CBC. That's 213 people. So where are they all this morning? So, yeah, we, we need to, I, I guess I need to make some phone calls and uh, read up on guilt stuff. So... When we look at our immediate growth, I hear from people all over the place this year that there's so many new people. That's exciting, but it's not exciting if we just have new people and we don't connect with them. It's exciting, but not so exciting if we're not seeing those people connect with God and there's a failure for the old to be replaced with the new. Our theme this year was new creation. If you believe in some way this past year that God has moved you more into that new creation, I'm going to be bold because that's our new theme this year. We, we snuck it in. You haven't seen it yet. We're getting to it in point three. But I'm going to be bold. If you think God has done some work in you this past year to make you into that new creation since being here, I'm going to encourage you to stand and, and boldly proclaim that and, and just by standing, saying, yeah, yeah, God's done some new creation work in me. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes, Eli, you could have stood. Eli got baptized this, this year. I was sharing with someone and having a conversation with someone just um, recently and was drawing upon some of that new creation, talking about what it means to be that new creation. And I mentioned some of the testimonies of what God has been doing in people's lives here to move them from the old to the new. And I mentioned Chris's testimony, Chris Boothnuth, when he stood up here and he talked about, I'm a, I'm a salt-of-the-earth guy. I'm a bootstraps guy. I take care of myself. I don't need God. I love guys like that. I love guys like that. By the way, guys, the theme this year is for us. Wow, you're just so mesmerized. What, what, what is that theme? It's, there's a man theme here. Okay, we'll get to it. But the, the wonderful thing is, is in the midst of this conversation with this individual who's seeking and asking questions, they say, oh, 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 is that the person that... I don't know if I'm doing a good imitation, but oh, oh is that the person that got baptized? I said, yeah. Oh, the testimony was, was incredible. Moving from old to new. It's a sign of a healthy church. It's a sign of the Philadelphian church. It's a sign of the church that we're seeing in Acts. It's a sign of this church. So who are we? We are that. We are a healthy church that God is doing a work in. 
that God is bringing an incredible amalgamation of people together. It is a safe place. How many of you love the term, don't judge me? (laughs) You just judged me when I said that, right? There's like 14 different things that you could be thinking, oh, no, 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 don't go there, don't... I actually had somebody, you know, I was, I was getting a meal somewhere and, and it kind of got confusing. And uh, I said, well, no, no, it's, you know, such and such. And they said, I won't judge you. I said, you should. You should. Why aren't you judging me? What's wrong with judging? You should judge me. My wife is really good at that. I reached for some, <laughs> some peanut butter, brittle, bark, peppermint stuff. You know that stuff made by Satan in his factory? Right? And I'm supposed to be really watching what I'm eating. And we came home the other night and it's sitting in a tin. And she's like, no, we throw that away. I said, no, that's liquid gold. We could sell it on the black market, on the black internet, right? The dark web for a lot of money. And so I, I'm like, I see it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I pull the lid off and she's nowhere around. And I went, bang, to break off a piece. Boom, she's in the room. And she's like, no, 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 no. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. That's good judgment. Good judgment. Folks, where do we get this thing that, don't judge me. Let me tell you why we should think those words. Because it's not our right to be judge and jury over someone's soul. It is for them to come to God and see God's goodness and His righteousness and how healthy that is for them. And we encourage people to reach to that. This is a safe church. You will always hear God's standard here, and you will hear it lovingly, and I believe that happened this year. Otherwise, Celebrate Recovery would not still be going. Otherwise, some of you would not be here. Who are we? We're a group of people that says it's, it's Christ first and that we're going to love Him and then we're going to love the people around us. But we're going to be wise in, in how we apply that. Who are we becoming? Oh, wow. That's such a deep question. Who are we becoming? Well, let's turn to Ephesians 7. This is a, this is a fast... Ephesians 7? There's no Ephesians 7. Get a new pastor. Ephesians 3, 7 through 11. And it says this, Paul is talking, he's talking to this big church at Ephesus that later on when, when John has this vision, he's addressing this church and churches that follow in the spirit of this church. Big mega church, Timothy's involved in this church. And, and God says, you know, I commend you on so many things, but you lost your first love. You made it about other things. I don't know what things they made it about, but they made it about other things. May that not be said of us. But listen to what Paul says while they're still healthy. Listen to what Paul's assessment is. He says this, verse 7, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things 
so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This, now listen to this, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, this whole essence of, of the church living out its light so that it has an effect on the authorities and rulers of the air, we'll explain that in a minute, all of that was pre-planned by God. And it was realized when Christ came, which is what we observed here, it was realized, it was put into work. We were empowered. Paul's talking about the power that he has. He doesn't have any power. Right? We all, we all like power. How many of you would love to be given a card that says, you get to choose where you're going to eat every single time this year? It's a power card. Right? You get the closest parking spot in the church parking lot power card you get to wash every building here on campus power card i'll give it to you later it's all yours we don't wash our buildings but he says this to whom we have boldness and access with the confidence through our faith in him there it is there's the hint in whom we have boldness him is jesus and access to the Father with confidence through our faith in Him. So what's he say about who are we becoming? This is bigger than us. This is the church with a big C. This is His body of believers. Folks, let me help us out real quick. When we say the church, we're not talking about Concord Bible Church. We're not talking about the Lutheran Church or the Methodist Church. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about those that have entrusted their life to Jesus Christ. That makes you the bride of Christ. That makes you what he termed the church. Right? In Spanish, it's iglesia. That too. <laughs> in, in Arabic, it's kinesia. Oh, it's the first Arabic word I've gotten right in 11 years. These words that we use represent what God is doing in creating a new creation. You're the church. You are the church. Do you know that God's power and work in you, according to what Paul just said, this mystery is so powerful, and God chooses to do it this way, that the angels and the demons look at you with amazement. They don't get it. Their relationship is nothing like ours. And they don't understand. They look on in amazement. And it says that we have this effect on the rulers and the authorities of the air. That's good angels and that's demons. And because of our relationship with God and how God works with His church and who we are becoming, moving from the old to the new, that's not how it works for the angels. And they look on with amazement. Does that just trip you out to 2019 it, for the rest of your life you should just be amazed at that we are unique we are moving into what god has us to be and some of it is building on what he's already done some of it will be new let's talk about what we are becoming we are becoming those that through god's power through the power of jesus christ have an effect on the spiritual world 
Let's look at some specifics here. I leave for a theology conference uh, at the end of January with the EFCA uh, in the beautiful city of San Antonio. I've never been there. I'm going to probably get some Mexican food. Okay. But I'm going to get some really good teaching. And we're going to talk about the importance of multi-ethnic churches. I've been invited to be part of that discussion through our whole denomination just because of who we are as a church. I don't, I'm not good at math, but I will tell you, out of the 163 adults we have, 48 of those are non-Caucasian at this church. Now this morning, we skew old. Wow, now I really have your attention. You ageist pastor. I can say it, I'm over 50. We are skewing old. If you are under the age of 40, stand up. <laughs> Just barely. Yeah, guys, stand up. Stand up. Stay standing. This does not represent our group, no, under 40, but you can stand. You're looking really good, Sally. If you are, if you are under 40, look, my, my demographics say we have... We have close to 73 that, are, that say that this is their church. This isn't good representation. We've got to get better at this. Okay, have a seat. We've got to get better at this. But the fascinating thing is we are a multi-generational church. We are a multi-ethnic church. Just by default, God is doing that here we are multi-staffed. We grew our staff by two this year, and I'm hoping to see us grow it by two more in 2018. We're multi-gifted. Colossians 3. Got it. Colossians 3, 11-17 says this. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This represents this local body of believers. Multi-generational, 50 kids in our children's, our, our student ministries is growing, but we live in a world where I, I keep hearing about churches shutting Praise God, we're not shutting. Praise God, we're growing. Praise God, we're becoming something more than what we've been. It's not static here. But what about the rest of this passage? He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were uh, called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of God, or the word of Christ, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus 
giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We do a decent job at some of that. But we have a lot of room to improve. Let me just share with you. A lot of churches these days, it becomes about what's called the show, and, and we're going to darken everything out, and we're going we're gonna to put up bigger lights and, and smoke and, and have all these things, and the band's going to be really big and incredible. And there's a very unique and special thing that happens in the midst of that. Many people just go like this. Because what did we do? We gave them a show to watch. We gave them a show to watch. Now, I will also say that there are plenty of groups like that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that there is an engaging sense of worship that happens. Brothers and sisters, if we are not united, as Paul says, that we are pulling together, we come here and we go like this, where we purposely don't try to put on the show, Joe, you guys did a great, great job today, but none of our worship leaders are trying to put on a show. Why? Because we want to unify. And when we stand like this, and many of us have been raised in the church, are we becoming unified? No. We're doing what we want to do. Let's see, we sing four songs on average on a Sunday, so... That's about 15 minutes. So there's 15 minutes of the service where I'm just going to disengage and do my own thing. Well, but pastor, I don't know those songs. Mm. You ever walked out of a movie and you gave one line of a quote? I think you guys are intelligent enough to, to be able to do that. If we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we just don't want to do it. What are we becoming? We're becoming self-absorbed. We're becoming focused on our own desires rather than the beauty of the church. Now, why did I go to all this effort to make you so uncomfortable and get myself fired? Here's why. Because when it is fullness, when you all are working together, you know what I hear from people? The Spirit was very much here today. I was very blessed today. I was engaged today. Are we becoming a people that are enthralled with Christ and giving praise to Him? Or are we bored out of our skulls sitting in church where God is? I hope that's not what we're becoming. I hope that's not what we're becoming. If you're part of a worship band, if you're part of leadership here, you need to take the first step. You need to make sure that you are leading in every aspect of your life and not being a hypocrite. And that means engaging in unity with the things that we say this is what we're doing. Prayer. Studying. Engaging. Encouraging. All these values that we have up here. Right? Participate. Participate. What are we becoming? We're becoming what God has for us. We're becoming a church that is seeing lives changed. We're becoming a church where people who say that they were very broken are now reaching out to those that are broken. We're becoming a church that God has blessed and said, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more. And here's my last point today. Who do we need to be? 
Well, I've spent quite a bit of time praying about this over the past hour. No, much longer. That fell flat. Uh, for a long time, I've been praying about where is it that God desires for us to go this year. And I will share with you that I got away um, a year ago, September, for some time of prayer and fasting. And I just prayed, God, you've got to show me, you've got to talk to me, you've got to take me where you want me to hear. And as I'm sitting in a chair staring out at a, at a, at a beautiful bay, and it's completely quiet, save for the small sound of the lapping of, of the water of the ocean on, onto rocks, he guided me to Joshua 1. He guided me to this prolific passage where he encourages Joshua to be strong and courageous. Why? Because Joshua was going to be tasked with taking the people into what God had for them. And it was going to require much of him. And so let me just give you the synopsis, but I encourage you, read all of chapter 1 sometime this week, but verse 9 simply says this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How well did it go for the Israelites when they looked back? How well did it go for Lot's wife when she looked back? Brothers and sisters, God has asked us to move forward. And we are moving forward. But there are, He is now clearing a path. This year, He is clearing a path. And He has already established many things that He impressed upon me on that beach in 2016. He has already fulfilled many of those things. Who do we need to be? Well, first of all, we need to be the church as God has asked the church to be. We need to be in every essence as, as we may be moving into new things. We need to keep familiar the right things. Amen? Never losing sight of what it means to be the church, the extension of Christ. But as He brings individuals here that He is gifted in different ways, and as we see His work within those people to reach others, God has a plan. We had a great study this morning with our adult study over in the fireside room. I implore you, if, if you don't have kids, be there next week, 9 o'clock until about 9.45, and they just finished the book of Ruth. It's just so fascinating in that study and how Alan brought some great insights with that about God's provision for His people in the midst of suffering but in the midst of uncertainty and calling them to step in faith and to walk in faith. And yet God has a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan for us, but we better make sure we hold to the things that make us righteous, right? Blessed is the one who sits in the counsel of God, but doesn't walk in the pathway of the wicked. For he will be like a tree that never ceases to bear fruit or leaf. We have to make sure that we, we are what God asks of His church first and foremost. And then as He brings those things for us, we cannot act like the nation of Israel and look back. We cannot act like, like Lot's wife and look back. We cannot approach with uncertainty and, and 
wavering, entering into what God has. And I encourage you, when you get tempted to go that direction, either personally or corporately as CBC, remember what happened to the people that shied away from God's leadership. But remember what happened for Joshua when he was bold and courageous. And remember what God told him. How do you be bold and courageous? Keep your mind focused on the law. Don't go left, don't go right, right? Remember who you need to be. The rest I will take care of. Brothers and sisters, in 2018, we are going to be drinking from the cup of change. There is much coming, and I cannot emphasize enough. Be here next Sunday for the big group picture. Hopefully you got that memo. All right, if you're not, that's another thing that needs to change. Start reading your emails. <laughs> right? We're taking our annual, every year at the annual meeting, we're going to be taking a picture of the entire church. Seven people show up. We're not going to advertise that picture. Okay? So everybody, and you can wear what you want. And uh, if you want to hide behind other people, if you want to hide behind rich, feel free to do that. <laughs> but we encourage you, come next week and hear what God is doing, and where we're going in this next year. Again, being strong and courageous. I've got, I've got five, four guys that are stepping up for that Sunday morning class. The next week, David Yarlagata is going to start teaching. For four weeks? For four weeks. Well, it depends on how good you are. Okay. <laughs> then we might give you eight weeks. Uh, David, what are you going to be teaching on? Gratitude. Am I thankful that guy's teaching? <laughs> Come, show up, 9 o'clock. But be prepared to stay for the annual meeting in, in the big picture because at the annual meeting, you're going to hear where God is taking this church. And it's going to be exciting because we've seen him already at work. He's building on what he's already been doing. So, what's the state of our church? It's healthy. It's healthy. It's filled with people that struggle. Amen? It's filled with people that love God. Amen? It's filled with a, uh, a sense of servanthood for one another and care for one another. And I, I pray that if, if you're on your own, if, if you're kind of doing your own thing and, and you haven't felt that warmth from us, please contact me during the week. I, I hope that you feel that warmth from this local body of believers, but more so from God himself. That's what's primary, and that's what's most important. The state of our church, it's right where it needs to be. And there are things that, in our own personal lives, many of you have been struggling with this past year. Uncertainty with jobs. Asking God, are you there? Challenges in relationships and marriages. Deaths of, of family members and loved ones. Separation from things that, that you don't want to be separated from. And yet, just like Ruth, you kept pursuing God. You kept remaining faithful. And you didn't let the discouragement eat you up. That spiritually healthy church. And so I encourage you, there are plenty of things that as we are becoming who we need to be, God is providing those opportunities for us. So what's our theme? It's Joshua 1.9. This year, 
we need to be strong and courageous. So I implore you, be strong and courageous in your own spirit, in your own spiritual care. Men, be strong enough to admit that you are spiritual. You have a spirit inside of you. Some of us, it's probably barely ticking. It's like those little things from, and I hate to admit this, but what's that movie with Ariel, the singing mermaid or whatever? right and the souls would be get they would be taken and they're like this little thing that's barely surviving it looks like a little uh polywog or something right sometimes that's how i picture our souls and our spirit when we don't care for it and men are especially prideful about this i can take care of myself not only can i take care of myself i can take care of everybody else and uh, I'll, i'll get her done right yeah, that's exactly how y'all talk. <laughs> Especially Hanny. <laughs> Can I encourage you men? You want to be strong and courageous. You want to be brave? Turn your life over to God. That takes courage. That takes courage. Be strong in your marriage. Be strong in sacrificing for one another. Be strong in making a commitment when it isn't easy. Be bold. Let me close in prayer this morning. All that to say, 2017 here at CBC was tremendous. You're going to hear some testimonies coming up soon that's going to give evidence to what God has been doing this past year. But I also encourage you in the midst of all of that, we're going to keep progressing. And God's going to move us into some bigger territory this coming year. So it's very, very important that we remain grounded in the Word of God and we walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh. Amen? That's who we will be. Let's see who He asks us to become. Let me pray over our time and over the offer this morning. And and, uh, Joe and the band are going to come up and outro us on... um, revelation song and god bless you again today if you have any needs this morning please uh, approach me feel free to to let me know what those needs are Uh, again if you're visiting we're glad you're here today i got several visitors in the room we believe there are no mistakes just divine appointments and so you're here by god's design Um, and so as i as i pray thank you and god bless you this week father this morning as we continue on in our walk It is such a unique thing to be the church. And so much of the time, especially in America, especially in California, when we think of the church, we think of an institution, we think of a building, we think of an organization. And that is toxic. Father, that we are new creations, that we are a unified bride of christ that you are actively working through that we might be ambassadors so that we can shine the light of christ and and serve one another and serve our community and serve the nations around the globe thank you that we can look at that father look at that mission and say we have done that we have attempted to do that and we have seen it go way beyond our own power but be realized in your power What an encouragement. Take us where you're leading us. 
Let us do it in your power, God. We ask for a blessing upon the offering. Bless those who have brought their gifts today. And as they give them, use it for your glory, Lord. And uh, for each person that, whatever is in their heart, whatever is in their mind, that you, uh, your spirit speaks to them and they pursue you. They don't just sit idly, Father. Thank you. Amen.